Good morning, everybody. It's funny, you know, I probably preached my first message about, well, it's over 50 years ago, and yet every time I stand up, I get a quickening in my heart, and it's like the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to say something. And so I just want to declare that I want to get out of the road and let the Holy Spirit speak and uh, hopefully touch your heart with God's love this morning. We've just had an amazing week at Caloundra. I was only able to get up for each night session, but the message that came through was about being one and being family. And as I was listening to those words being shared by folk who were asked to speak, the Lord was talking to me about this morning as well and said, I want you to carry on with that. And so the message this morning is a continuation, I believe, of what God's speaking into the church, both the vineyard and the wider church in Australia right now. And it it reminded me very much of the epistle that Peter wrote, the first letter that he wrote. And I want to just share a few things and and weave in and out of this a little bit this morning um, because the word alive changes us. And the other morning when I was making the bed, which I do because Carol's knees aren't too good, so I'm getting practice at being a domestic again. And um, I was making the bed and I was reflecting before the Lord about some life issues And the Lord just interrupted me and said, David, do you think I'm either insufficient or inadequate for your relationship with the Father? And it was like, whoa. Well, no, Lord, of course not. And he said, well, why do you want to keep going and revisiting the old stuff, wondering about your relationship with the Father? I've made it right. So I want this morning for you to hear this, that Jesus is sufficient Jesus is adequate, totality, for your relationship with God the Father. There is nothing that you can do to make it less or more. Because in the moreness of it, there is a completion that God has already established in his heart from before creation began. And in the, there's nothing you can do to lessen that as God's love for you. I'm going to say a lot of other things, but if you forget the rest, just remember that. But Peter wrote a letter, and he said, and I'm reading it out of the message, and I don't have it on the board, so if you want to follow it in your message app, if you've got it otherwise, please pay attention. 1 Peter 1, and then into 2, and we'll pull verses out of it. I, Peter... I'm an apostle on assignment by Jesus the Messiah, writing to exiles scattered to the four winds. Note this. Not one is missing, not one forgotten. God the Father has his eye on each of you and has determined by the work of the Spirit to keep you obedient through the sacrifice of Jesus, not through your own effort. That's my insert. May everything good from God be yours. How's that for an introduction to a letter? And that's written to us. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, 
We've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, does it? It's meant to. Peter's saying, I know how great this makes you feel to know that God's got it all covered. Even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your goal, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him. With laughter and singing, because you kept on believing you'll get what you're looking for, what you've, you're looking forward to, which is total salvation. If you were there on Wednesday night at the conference, there was a lot of laughing and a lot of singing. The Holy Spirit was moving and the young people were released into ministry in a very, very precious way. And I've asked them this morning to be here to pray in ministry time because the Lord is really moving in, in and on those young people, as Kirk's pointed out. Back to the word. The prophets who told us this was coming asked a lot of questions about this gift of life God was preparing. The Messiah's spirit let them in on some of it, that the Messiah would experience suffering, followed by glory. They clamoured to know who and when. All they were told was that they were serving you, you who by orders from heaven have now heard for yourselves through the Holy Spirit the message of those prophecies fulfilled. Do you realise how fortunate you are? Angels would have given anything to be in on this. So, in the message it says roll up your sleeves. In the NIV it says gird up your loins. It means get ready. Put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a new way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. You call out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father. We sang it. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get away with sloppy living. God knows that's not good for us, sloppy living. It's not good for us. Your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead end empty-headed life you grew up in. Well, I thought mine was a bit better than that, but still. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought, even though it has only lately, at the end of the ages, become public knowledge. God always knew he was going to do this for you. It's because of this sacrificed Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God, that you know you have a future in God. Now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth, love one another as, your, as if your lives depended on it. Your new life is not like your old life. 
Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. That's why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. Its beauty is short-lived as wildflowers. Grass dries up and flowers droop. But God's word goes on and on forever. And this is the word that conceived the new life in you. How's that? You get it? You got it? Good. (laughs) So we go on. It's not done yet. Not done yet. We're into chapter two here. So clean house. Oops. We listening still or do we want to switch off? Make a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. Then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. Now, Kirk spoke about maturity on the last night of the conference, calling us into maturity. This is how we grow into maturity. Drink deep of God's pure kindness that will change us, that will mature us. Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look and threw it out. God set it in the place of honour. Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. We've sung it, we've heard it, it's been prayed already this morning. Jesus is the cornerstone. The word says, look, I'm setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honour. Whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, the stone the workman threw out is now the chief foundation stone. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder blocking the way. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey, just as predicted. Hear this. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. This is the word of the Lord. You know, how can we not live alive when we know that truth? It's when I was making the bed and I was mumbling about reflecting on the past and the Lord said to me am I not sufficient I said he pulled me out of the me focus and I somewhat sheepishly which as I wrote this I thought that's an appropriate word because I was a bit of a sheep in the headlights and I'm waiting for the Lord to speak and and I said I'm sorry Lord but yes you are all sufficient and you have made it right for me with the father and he reminded me that some time ago he said to me David let the focus of your focus be Jesus That's where you need to keep your eyes. He wants to keep our focus on him because he has the Father's heart beating in a relationship with us and with the Father. 
Scripture tells us in John 17 where Jesus is praying before his crucifixion that, no, I want to read it. I've got it there somewhere. It's in this book called the Bible. John 17. Did I write the verses down in my notes? No. I must have thought I knew them, but I don't. It's in John 17. Jesus said, in, this is again in the message version. It's a little different in the ones we may be traditionally familiar with. Somewhere between verse 20 and 23. I'm praying not only for them. Jesus is praying to the Father in his time of anguish before he's going to his crucifixion. I'm praying for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. That's us. In that moment, Jesus was saying he was praying to the Father for those that would believe as a result of what the disciples were doing and would do. And so the gospel has come on down through the ages to us. This scripture points to the fact that Jesus then was praying for us now. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so that they might be one heart and mind with us. Jesus is saying he wants us to be in one heart and mind with him and the Father. He's praying for that to a Father who is faithful and who will never, ever not answer Jesus' prayer. So the invitation and the declaration of Jesus to the Father and therefore to us is that he wants us in this heart relationship with him. Not some religious, I'll turn up on Sunday and I'll do this, but a heart relationship that brings life to us. A life that is night and day different from what it was before I met Jesus. That's what it's meant to be like for us, folks. And if it's not like that, there's religion has got in the road of it. Because it's all meant to be relationship about us and Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. I believe, and I've said it before, that where Jesus prays for us this way, in this, it's, I, I see it as a dance, where there's a dance that we're invited into, where Jesus and the Father lead, and we dance with the Father, following his lead. It's the most amazingly intimate picture. I believe it's a more intimate picture of relationship than Song of Songs. I believe this is the picture of relationship. Jesus prayed it. He said, the same glory you gave me, I gave them, so they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in them and you in me. He's saying, God, I want to be in them and I want you to be in me and so we'll all be one together. He says, then, listen to this, they'll be mature in this oneness. The theme for the National Conference was one and Kirk talked about mature at the last night. Here it is. This is what Jesus wanted that we would be mature in this oneness and give the godless world, which it is, the world without Jesus is godless, evidence. Jesus is saying, let this relationship give evidence to the world that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you love me. So Jesus is putting this all together like a, a Lego. Click, 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 click. And we're one of the clicks. And if you haven't clicked, then you're missing out. You're missing out. You're missing out on a vibrant life. 
a lot of people run alongside the Lego, you know, God's over there and I'm over here and I'm doing my thing and I'm okay and look, you know, the sun's coming up and the world is fine. But you're missing on the vibrancy of life, the vibrancy that we read that comes out of being part of the whole, creating a sanctuary with us. It's this dance of intimacy that I believe that God wants us to understand. It's an expression of the new communion that God has for us when we're born again in Jesus. <clears throat> As Peterson puts it in 1 Peter 1 verse 25, this is the word that conceived the new life in you, the word being Jesus. He conceived the new life in us. We're being called into this. We're being invited into this. We're being empowered into this. All we do is turn up. All the rest God does. Did you know that? You've got to turn up though. You've got to turn up, but God will do the rest. If you turn up and say, God, I want this, God will do this. I can testify to that. This is God's love picture to the world. And as we drink of God's pure kindness, we will grow up mature and whole in God. You see, it's not we don't drink of God's rules and regulations. We drink of his kindness, which is Jesus. <clears throat> God's kindness to us is Jesus. We were talking yesterday morning at the prayer meeting here. And if anyone ever wants to come on a Saturday morning, we're always here at 7.30 and we, we probably talk for two hours and pray for ten minutes, but God's in the conversation. But yesterday we were talking about God's love. And I, I just said, you know, People misunderstand God's love. God's love is who God is. God is love. The core of who he is is love. He can't be anything but love. And because we see things go wrong, we think that God isn't love. But no, I had children. And there were times because in my love picture for them and their end game of being mature and whole and holy in Jesus, I had to correct them on the way. God allows things to come into our life which may not seem like love at the time, but God's looking at the big picture. He's not looking at the now. He's letting the now happen to cause us to grow into understanding more of his love. So don't think when God allows things to come your way that rub you up the wrong way that that's not God's love. Say, Lord, I thank you that you are refining me. I thank you that you have trust me enough to let me go through this storm, Lord that I can get to the other side. Storm, cowboys, storm, cowboys, cowboys. Okay, we'll go cowboys. So, Lord, take me through this storm, cowboys, to the other end. <clears throat> so when we drink of God's pure kindness, we come to this place of maturity. It does make a difference. And Peter points out that Jesus is the stone. The rock, we sang of it this morning. And <clears throat> for those builders, and Mark's a builder, and there are other builders, people that understand building, when you're building a building, you start with a cornerstone. And that stone, that, that reference point, is the reference point for the foundations. And Jesus is the cornerstone of the foundation of the church in the earth today. Jesus said, I am the stone he is the rock, he is the foundation, he is the cornerstone. And guess what? 
we, Peter said, we are added to that to form a building, a building which we call the church. We are living stones. We are living stones connected to the eternal living stone, Jesus, as the cornerstone. And, and as Peter points out, that that's causing us to be built into a sanctuary where vibrant life happens. Do you want to miss out on vibrant life? I want to be in where the vibrant life stuff's going on. And that's the church. And you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy of God's plans, the culture and the world around us, he wants to pull us out of the wall. Tell us, we'll be right. Yeah, you don't need to belong in the church. You can do your God thing somewhere else. Wrong. You need to belong. You need to be part of the vibrant whole building that is in the spirit that we are living stones in the wall with Jesus as the cornerstone, the foundation. Then vibrant life can happen. Life that shakes the earth and shakes us and shapes us. We are buildings made of spiritual stones, but we can be pulled out of the wall. Peter also points out in here that it's our faith that is tested. And I, and I see faith in this picture as like the mortar that holds the bricks together. And what happens is the enemy wants to chop away at our faith. People want to challenge our faith. And when we start to listen to the lies and when we start to listen to the fact, is Jesus sufficient, then our faith starts to be eaten away and it's easier for us to be pushed out of the wall. But the good news, the good news is that it's not my faith, it's God's faithfulness that keeps me in the wall. You see, we sang that again this morning too. I said to Carol, when I stand up and speak, I'll, I'll forget what that song is because I never remember the name of songs. I love singing them all, but the names... You know, I can't remember them. But it was Faithful One. I do remember it this morning. <laughs> faithful One. The words of that song were so relevant. God is faithful to me and to you, and he will keep us when we stay in this place of looking in God's pure kindness, drinking of that, we stay in that place. You see, we don't have to do 20 steps this way and 10 that way and climb that mountain and fall down that hill to be okay with God. We don't. We drink of his pure kindness towards us in Jesus. Now, this might sound like, yeah, well, what does he know? Well, I tell you, I've got 70 plus years of finding it out, and it's true. I've tried all the angles. I've tried all the ways. I've read all the books. Actually, I'm going to invite the whole church to come to our house one day and go through all the books. I said to Carol, we've got thousands of books we've read that we'll never read again. There's got to be some good ones in there for people to read. So you're welcome to come and take them. I've tried it all. And there's only one thing that works, and that's God's kindness to me in Jesus Christ. That's my testimony. And I bless that to you. Hang on to that. And then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. I'm still working on it, but you will. It says in the Word. You can't be fully alive to Jesus without being connected to his body. I want you to hear that. People might want to argue theologically. I'll come to the answer in a minute. 
You can't be fully alive to Jesus without being connected to his body. You can be fully connected but not fully alive to him if you're not in the body. You can't be connected to his mission. You need to be part of the body to be fully alive in Christ because it's his extension of who he is in the earth today. Do you get that? So if we're not in the body, if we're not practicing present to God's church in the earth, to Jesus' church in the earth, we are not fully alive. We can't be. So for your friends who aren't here today who say, oh, it's okay, I don't have to go to church, I'm still okay, say you're missing out on life the way God meant it to be for you. That's, that's not a criticism, it's a, it's a cry of your heart for them to know the more. There's a strength in the body. Jesus wants us to be a family formed as stones in a wall where there's strength around the foundation cornerstone of Jesus. The enemy wants to pull the stones out of the wall, but God's faithfulness is what hangs us in there. We have a new life. God is keeping careful watch over us and our future, it says in that reading this morning, in 1 Peter 1. Also in the trials of life, genuine faith comes through as proved genuine, proved as trusting in God's faithfulness, even though it's not always easy in the stormy sea. And there are storms that come along. But take heart. Jesus slept in the boat in the storm because he trusted in his Father's faithfulness. It's okay to be asleep in the storm when you're hanging on to God's hand. So God's invitation to us today is for us to answer this question. Jesus said, am I sufficient in your circumstances, in your sin, in your pain, in your anxiety, in your health, in your future? Jesus is saying he wants to be your sufficiency because he is he wants to take your hand today Jesus wants to take your hand and place it in the father's hand as I was walking the other morning I'm saying Lord what's the difference between the world and a Christian he said the world doesn't know peace a peace that only comes from knowing God regardless of circumstances in us is the difference between us and the world and if you haven't got that peace, it's because the enemy's robbing you of it. Because someone who knows Jesus is meant to live and walk in that peace. And if there's not peace, then the enemy's tearing at your relationship and tearing at your walk. And you have authority and we have authority to tell him to buzz off and leave us alone. Because in that place of peace, we come into that dance, that beautiful dance. I, Carol and I used to dance a long time ago. She's a pretty good dancer, she was. Now we sort of shuffle occasionally. But it was there's an intimacy in a dance that you don't find anywhere else, actually. I don't believe you have it. I've, you know, I'm married, I've done it all. But a dance is something absolutely special and pure because you want to move with the other person. You want to connect with them in a way of 
this movement. There's a song we sing, Dance With Me. Absolutely yes and amen song. <laughs> because it speaks of our heart connection with God. So today, the invitation is to peace, that we can take the hand of Jesus who will take our hand and put it in the Father's hand, that we can have this dance with no barriers. If you're struggling, feeling inadequate in any way, God wants to release you into his adequacy, his sufficiency, especially in relationships or in dealing with others, both in the family and those outside the family. It's important to come to maturity and oneness as Jesus takes our hearts and lets us become a reflection of God's love into the earth. That's the invitation to the church today. And Jesus is sufficient and adequate for that to happen. No other way, no other great speech that man might make, no other fantastic idea that we have of how to fix everything up. There's only one way, and that's in and through Jesus. In the NIV, um, which is how I learnt this scripture, these are the words. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation. Hear this? These are the words that are being spoken to you in the traditional language. I read it out of the message, but I love this language too. A people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You want to say amen to that? Thank you, Lord. Amen. You are the chosen ones by God, it says in here. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him. Note this, to tell others of the night and day difference it's made for you before Jesus and after Jesus, what my life was like, what it's now like, what I discovered in walking with him before I had hand, hold hands with him and now what it's like as I dance with him. This is our testimony that we can tell people. We don't need to tell people that God's going to beat up on them because God doesn't want to beat up on people. God wants people to know he loves them. He doesn't always like what we do, but he loves us and wants to love us into the dance. So it's about the adequacy of Jesus, nothing to do with us, and God wants us to enjoy that and embrace that. So this morning, the invitation from the Lord is to let go of the things that have held you and are holding you, where you feel that you may not have it all together, where you worry about whether you're okay with the Father, whether you're okay with God. I want to declare publicly, with the full backing of the Word of God, that you are okay with God because of Jesus. 
everyone in this room, whether you've said yes to Jesus or not. That's the other funny part about this. People who haven't said yes to Jesus think they're not okay with God. God's made it, made it okay for them in Jesus. They've just got to go, yeah, okay, I'll take that. I'll receive that offer of life. Thank you, God. That's it. Now, I don't know everybody here. If you've never said that, if you've never understood that it was that black and white, then this morning's an opportunity to do that. To say, you know what? I think that's a good deal. God does love me. The Word says it. I haven't really kind of had much of a relationship with God, but what his Word tells me is that because of Jesus, God has made it right for me to be in relationship with God, that I can discover life way beyond what I've ever understood it could be like. Now, I don't want you to stand up or put your hand up, but I do want to just ask us all to bow our heads for a moment. And I want to pray that anybody that's never said that can say that this morning. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that history has pointed to your involvement in the earth. And Lord, where we have seen and know the very intervention of your love into the earth in Jesus. Lord, you came into the earth with a love message and a message of life that has been so packaged up and misrepresented by man. Lord, forgive us for the ways that we have packaged up your message of love and we have not allowed it to run free. Lord, this morning, I thank you that your love is power. Power to change us from who we've been into who you want us to be, Lord. Lord, that we will discover life in its fullness that Jesus, you came to bring us. Thank you that that life is available to every one of us in this room right now, regardless of our past, that Jesus, you have done everything that's necessary for us to be right with the Father. There is nothing missing you are God, you made the plan and you fulfilled the plan and all you've said is, come to me. So Lord, this morning, we all come again to say yes to the more you have for us. But Lord, for those that may have never said yes to the offer of this relationship with you, God, I thank you that today's a day when the word has been declared that ears have heard and that you have made an offer of life. Let your kingdom come, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit. And if you feel in your heart that you want to say yes to this unbelievable offer of God, just say yes now. I accept the offer of communion with you, God, because of Jesus, and I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And if you've done that, there's a night and day difference going to happen in your life. That's the promise. You've been born again in that moment. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Apologies if anyone wonders what that's about. That seems to happen sometimes when I'm praying. So thank you, Lord, for your, your goodness this morning. We bless you that you want to bless us. Now, there's going to be some ministry 
where I believe the Lord wants to invite us, those that want to be in the dance, to come and Jesus will put your hand in the Father's hand. If you've never felt that dance connection, I want to release that dance connection this morning. If you feel like your circumstances are such that you've struggled, I want you to know that Jesus is adequate in those circumstances. I want you to come. If you've struggled with what people have said to you over the years about you're not being good enough or you can't do what, whatever, I want you to come because I want God to show you that Jesus has made it right and whatever else. The young people I've asked to come in and pray on Wednesday night, they were up praying up the coast and I tell you what, the Holy Spirit was on them and there was power in the prayer. So they'll come in shortly and pray for us, but in the meantime there's some old people here that will pray for you.